This is Transforming Truth with the life-changing Word of God that heals, delivers, fills you with the Holy Spirit, all for your supernatural walk in Christ. Stay tuned for Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer. And good morning. God bless you. This is Reverend Chris Palmer here on the Transforming Truth radio broadcast. I want to thank you for tuning in. If you're in Michigan, it's 12.15 a.m. and it's snowing, but I want you to rejoice. Jesus is Lord, and God is working His perfect will in you, even though the snow is coming down tonight. Will winter ever end? Well, even if winter doesn't end, we still have the power of God in our lives. We have every reason to rejoice. And so I want to welcome you for tuning in tonight. We have a great show prepared for you. I want to tell you tonight that I'm live in the studio. 313-838-1035. 313-838-1035. So if you say, well, you know, I need prayer tonight. I need God to touch me. Um, I need somebody to stand in agreement with me for a need that I have in my life. That's why we have this ministry. That's why we go on air as much as we possibly can to do a live broadcast. That's why I drove all the way down here tonight in the snow and dealt with the traffic. Is because I want to be here to pray for you. Otherwise, I would just record and, you know, wouldn't have kids to be in bed now or listening to my own show. But I want to pray for you tonight. So I want to encourage you to call in 313-838-1035. And I'll be here for the next hour to pray for you, take your phone calls, and encourage you in the Lord. I want to thank all of our partners for the ministry before we get started into the word that God has for us tonight. People that support us and people that call and write to us. Uh, so if you want to, people say, well, how can I know more about your ministry? You can go to www.chrispalmerministries.com. You can learn about us. And there's a lot to learn. We just got back from a long trip to Europe where God's power moved in a lot of people's lives. We were able to distribute literature uh, my book is now in Italian, and we're putting our materials into European languages. And so we have a lot going on in our ministry, and we invite you to look at what God's doing in us. You could go to www.chrispalmerministries.com and sign up for our updates, uh, as well as become a partner with our ministry. And for people in the Detroit area or the Midwest area, I want to tell you tonight <clears throat> that many people came out to our supernatural services uh, for the last two years, we've been doing them consistently on a regular basis. And we had our last block of services that happened in October. Um, and God moved mightily in people's lives. People were healed. They were set free and delivered of oppression, depression. <clears throat> people that had sicknesses, tumors in someone's body disappeared. And uh, we had an awesome move of God. Uh, and our evangelism team was sent out into the streets. People were delivered and touched. And the power of God was really moving. So I want to encourage you, if you need deliverance in your mind, or if you want to break free from some type of addiction, or you have a stronghold in your life, God wants to touch you. And so I want you to come to our services. You say, well, where can I come to these services? They are going to be in Novi, Michigan, at the Hilton Garden Inn. If you're familiar with the 12 Oaks Mall, you just go to where the 12 Oaks Mall is, and you just it's right across the street from it. And it's free. There's no uh, sign-up. You don't have to buy tickets. You just come and bring somebody that needs a touch from God. Uh, let me give you the dates. They're going to be uh, Friday, April 18th, Friday, April 25th, Friday, May 2nd, and Friday, May 9th at... 7.30 p.m. 
So I want to encourage you to come out. I want to encourage you to bring a friend. Come and expect God to move in your life. To something be powerful, God will minister to you. Okay? So that will be supernatural happening Friday, May 18th. Friday, May 25th. Excuse me. No, Friday, April 18th. Friday, April 25th. Friday, May 2nd, and Friday, May 9th at the Hilton Garden Inn in Novi, Michigan. And again, it's a free event. And we have a great show prepared for you tonight. Uh, I want you to get your Bible, and I'm going to take you through Matthew chapter 7 tonight. Feel light of the Spirit that the anointing is going to be on this teaching. And I want to give it to you tonight. So I want to welcome you to get your Bible and open it to Matthew chapter 7. And while you're doing that, I'm going to go to the phones. I have Joe tonight. Joe, God bless you. How are you tonight? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Doing wonderful. Yeah, I'm calling for prayer for my marriage. Okay. I'm dealing with an issue with trust with my wife, and I'm just having a struggle. I, you know, when I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, everything's great, and I feel the blessing and and the trust is there. But then, like tonight, driving home from work, I just imagine things that may have happened or haven't happened, and just situations where. She's just a little bit too friendly with men and that I didn't expect and I didn't know about. And I, I just am having a trouble and a struggle. It's and I, I know there's power in prayer, so I'm just asking for some prayer in this. Do you have any, um, you know, Joe, this is a confidential call. Uh, do you, Let me ask you one quick question, and I want to pray for you. Do you have any reason to, from the past in your marriage, to believe that she's doing anything in, in type, when it comes to infidelity? I mean, has there been a history with this in the past, or is it something maybe you think you're just imagining? I, no, nothing's, nothing concrete. I mean, I did receive a phone call from somebody close in the family saying that, you know, if I was concerned about my marriage, I want to maybe start picking up the kids from school, and that's what kind of triggered this whole uh, scenario. I mean, I there has been situations where I may have s- sensed something. It's more of a gut feeling, but nothing concrete, nothing she admitted to, or, or nothing that I physically saw or, or anything. It's just, uh, I guess, a gut feeling. Okay, and there's one more question I want to ask you, Joe. Have you had, uh, prior to your marriage and relationships, have you had um, maybe experienced uh, some type of cheating, maybe with a a girl you dated or a prior marriage or some some other relationship you've been? Has your trust been broken in the past? Yes, yeah, not a marriage, uh, just my one and hopefully marriage, but I, you know, dated girls, and yeah, there were situations where and ironically, they said they did nothing wrong, but I found out, you know, they later did admit to something. So, yes, I absolutely yes, the answer. I do want to talk to you uh, real quick, briefly, and I want to pray for you. Um, and, and if you know the Word of God, Second Corinthians chapter 10 talks about the, that the weapons of war, our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the point down of strongholds. And the word there, strongholds, is a bulwark. It's something that establishes itself in your mind. And those establishments in your mind begin to direct all your patterns of thinking. And your pattern of thinking is established many times by prior experiences. And those experiences begin to develop thought patterns and systems of thinking inside of your mind. And those can come from the enemy, but they're a lot of times not just birthed by Satan himself. They're birthed by failures in the past. They're birthed by bad experiences. And when those lodge themselves in our thinking and we don't counter those with the word of god then the enemy finds those and he begins to build his system of thought upon those experiences 
And so that's why I take you back to your past. Um, I want to believe God with you for the best for your marriage. These kind of things, I've seen prior counseling situations where uh, I've dealt with people that have almost ruined their marriage under the guise of suspicion, and they find out that their suspicions were wrong. There's one woman in particular that I ministered to in another state, and she was terrified because she thought her husband was cheating on her. Well, he, it turns out he wasn't. She was very concerned, and she was under tremendous bondage, and she came up, and I prayed for her, and that broke over her life, and she was delivered from that. But when you get into their past, you find out that they are used to seeing involvement in relationships and people cheating. And so I want to pray with you tonight, Joe, and I want to believe, God, that any type of insecurity that you might have in your life because of past relationships that where your trust was broken, that that doesn't come into this marriage because I want you to make a decision that, you're going to put out of your life uh, and renounce any type of experience you had prior to this and, and failure with women. Many times when uh, in male relationships, when a female hurts them or in a relationship where a male hurts a female, they begin to hate the opposite sex or not be able to trust the opposite sex. And uh, that is a common response in a lot of people, but it's not the response that God wants us to have. So I want to pray for you tonight, Joe, okay? And I want to tell you that um, we can pray and take this thing down by prayer, and it's not your uh, it's not your onus to worry and be concerned. It's your onus to trust the leadership of the Holy Spirit in your life. And if for any reason there ever was something going on, any suspicion that came, the Holy Spirit would bring it to light, and He would bring it to light with a peace. So it sounds like in your life you're under a, maybe a guise of torment and under a guise of restlessness. And you said when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you have peace. But when you're not yes. walking with the Spirit, you have fear. And so yes. if that's the case, it sounds like to me it's just something the enemy is using to torment you. And we can pray against that tonight. Thank you. Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for Joe, my brother in the Lord. Father, I lift him up to you. Me and the audience, we agree and we touch from now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come against every stronghold in his mind, every lying thought of the enemy, every system that he's devised, every arrow that he's shooting ahead of now. I take authority in Jesus' name over every word that the enemy is speaking to his mind. I command every lying spirit in Jesus' name to leave Joe's presence. I command every mouth that's open to be shut in the name of Jesus. I pray for the peace of God to encompass Joe's mind. I pray, Father, that the helmet of salvation would be upon his mind. I pray, Father, that his thinking would line up with the word of God. Father, any stronghold in the past that he has from any prior relationship. I cancel it out now in the name of Jesus. Any type of tie that he has with those relationships, I break that. And I declare that it cannot penetrate into this marriage. I pray, Father, that you would establish a trust between Joel and his wife. And I pray, Father, that when he goes home, there be peace, that there be no type of uh, division, that, Father, there be rest in his home and no restlessness. I speak your blessing over him, Father. And, Father, I pray that your peace would get a hold of him and would hold him father and i command every lying thought of the devil to go and i pray father that you'd establish a confidence in joe's heart and a confidence in joe's life and i pray father that there become a greater line of communication between him and his wife to work through this and move past this in the name of jesus and i thank you for it amen amen Thank you. okay joe god bless you if you have any further questions you can email me info at chris palmer ministries.com okay God bless you, too, and thank you for the ministry. God bless you, Joe.
Juanita, you're on the line tonight. God bless you. Welcome to the show. Juanita, are you there? Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Um, yes, I need a prayer for my son. What can I pray for your son for tonight? Uh, I spoke to you last week. Okay, last um, my week. My son, he had open heart surgery. How did that go? Uh, my son had open heart surgery. Yes, how did the surgery go? Oh, it did. It, it's, uh, he's doing very good. That's good to hear. That's good. So it was a success. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it, it's been, uh, he's been walking around and okay. can't talk very good. But. Okay. Well, let me pray for him. We are... He's praising God that he's getting better. So. Okay. What's your son's name again? John. Okay, let me pray for John. Father, I thank you for John. I pray in Jesus' name a quick recovery. I pray, Father, that you would continue to speed up the healing process. I declare in the presence and in the glory of God that you accelerate time. And in Jesus' name, I pray, Father, what would take uh, a time to heal, that you would speed that up double, and that he would be that he would walk in that recovery twice as quick. I pray, Father, your presence upon his life. Use this time to speak to John concerning the call of God that he has over his life. Use this time to speak to John concerning the areas that he's missed. There are areas in your son's life, Juanita John, where he may have misstepped and where he may have missed. And the Lord wants him to know that that time that he lost, he can get it back. And God wants to show John in this time how to get that time back and how to recover it. And he's going to use this healing process not just to heal his body, but he's going to use it to reclaim lost time in his life. And you can tell John I said that, okay? Well, he's a very um, godly man, so I don't know what you were talking about. Well, let him know that for me, okay? All right, then. Okay. okay. God bless you, Winita. Okay. God bless you. Thank okay. You. Have a good night. Tonight I want you to get your Bible and go to Matthew chapter 7. And we're going to... Uh, you know, there's different ways of studying the scripture. And I want to also let you know we're still live. So you can call in at uh, uh, 313-838-1035. Again, that's 313-838-1035. And there's many ways of studying the scripture. But tonight, I want to take you through a whole chapter. One of the most fruitful ways to open up the scripture is to study the whole chapter. So many times we're, we take a scripture, we isolate it, our favorite scripture, and we don't really get the true meaning of what it's saying. And so tonight I want to take you through Matthew chapter 7. There's a very famous scripture in Matthew 7. And it's uh, Matthew 7 verse 7. It says, Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. For everyone that asks receives. He that seeks finds. And to him that knocks it shall be opened. Uh, but I want to show you the context that this is in tonight. It's going to bless your life. So let's start with Matthew chapter 7. I want to talk to you tonight about judging your own heart. Many times we have a proclivity as people to want to go ahead and look at another person and scrutinize their heart. Look at somebody and figure out what the other person is doing. But that's not what the Master, what our Lord Jesus taught us. He taught us something that's very against the grain and when jesus was teaching matthew chapter 5 matthew chapter 6 and matthew chapter 7 he was announcing the kingdom and he began to teach the rules of the kingdom and the laws of the kingdom and how the kingdom of god works you say well what's the kingdom of god well i've been teaching the kingdom for the last several weeks and tonight i felt this would be benefit you to teach what jesus said concerning the profound part of man and that is his spirit 
Matthew chapter 7 verse 1 says, Judge not that you be not judged. Now many times people take this scripture. They say, well you see Jesus says we shouldn't judge people. And therefore I can't judge sin or I can't judge something in somebody and say that that's wrong. But that's not the context that Jesus is talking about. You know, if you're going to say that something's wrong and you're not going to prohibit it in your house, well you have to judge that thing and say that it's wrong. For instance, if someone were to bring a movie in my house and I said I don't want that movie in my house, they say, well why don't you want it? I say, because that movie's bad. And I say, take that movie and get it out of my house. Well, you know what I just did? I just judged that movie. And so there's a position that we have to judge as believers. There's a time to judge. As a matter of fact, Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 tells the church at Corinth to judge a man who's been committing fornication with his father's wife, which is not his mother, but in this case, it's his father's uh, would be his stepmother. And Paul told him to judge that sin as wrong and tell that man unless he repents he's going to have to be removed from the church. So in that case, that's judgment. So there are places in Scripture where judgment is perfectly acceptable. But here's the key I want to tell you tonight. You know, we're living in an age where everybody wants to tolerate everything and we feel that when some, many times when somebody's living and involving themselves in a sinful lifestyle, they'll say, you can't judge me, only God can judge me. Well, that's not necessarily true. The Bible doesn't say that you can't judge things as wrong. You can't judge a person's heart, and that's what Jesus is going to tell you. But you can determine that what they're doing is not acceptable, and you'll have no part in it yourself. And then for you to decide that you or your family or those under your authority are not going to have part in it, you first have to judge that according to the Word of God. And when you see what the word judge means, it means to measure or to line that thing up against something else. So when a judge brings somebody in front of them, and he stands before him, and he begins to take account for that person's action, he's judging it or comparing it to the law that's established in the land. So there is a comparison that's going on. And so when you're judging somebody or something, you're comparing it to something else. And so you need an established law, and that's the Word of God. And so I want to show you tonight that Jesus, when he says, judge not that you be not judged, it's another way of saying it in context like this. He's saying, if you're going to judge, or you're not going to judge, understand this. And he gets to verse number two. Whatever judgment that you judge, you shall in turn be judged. And with what measure that you meet, it shall be measured to you again. So Jesus establishes a principle. And if you're listening tonight, this is very powerful. Whatever judgment that you place or you determine upon somebody's heart, it's going to come back to you. And you're going to be judged the same way. And with whatever measure that you measure out, it's going to be measured to you again. Now that's the principle. And he gets deeper into it. And in verse number three, look what he says here. And why do you? Now this is a question. And if Jesus is answer, asking a question, there is an answer to this question. And before we even get to verse number four, we should probably establish an answer. He says, why do you behold the moat? And a moat is simply a twig, something that you would find if you were walking up north along a path. You found a little stick in the road. <clears throat> That's what a moat is. He says, why do you pay attention to the moat that's in your brother's eye. But you don't consider the beam that is in your own. Now, this is a very interesting scripture. And the answer you're going to find out is because of the motive of your heart that you have. Or what motive? Or what reason are you living by? What's in your heart 
Because whatever is in your heart is going to determine how you behave. Verse number four. How will you say to your brother, let me pull the moat out of your eye? And behold, you have a beam in your own eye. In verse number five, he says, you hypocrite. First, first, cast out the beam from your own eye. And then you shall see clearly to cast the moat out of your brother's eye. So this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, what reason or what motive do you have when you have a beam sticking out of your own eye? You can't even see clearly because lodged within your ability to discern is a beam. And at the same time, with this beam sticking out of your eye, you think that you are capable of finding a small twig inside of your brother's eye and removing that twig from them. If you can't see what's lodged in your own eye, how is it possible for you to locate the beam in their eye and successfully remove it without doing that brother any harm? It's like this. If you are blind, if perhaps maybe you are going to have eye surgery and you are sitting in the surgeon's room and the surgeon came in, he says, today I'm going to perform this LASIK surgery on you blindfolded. You would get up off the table. You would run out. You'd say, no, doctor, you can't do this. You can't perform LASIK surgery on my eyes when you're blindfolded. You're going to mess the surgery up. And this is what Jesus is saying. If you have something wrong with your discernment or your ability to see, then you're not going to be able to help the person that you're trying to help, all you're going to do is do that person more harm. So it brings you back to the question in verse number three. Why is it that if you know that you have a problem with your own eye, you want to help your brother? And it comes back down to the motive of your heart. If you had a beam in your own eye and you were still determined to try to help your brother... That would tell you that the heart motive is not really to help that person because you're incapable of helping that person. Now, here's the interesting part when it comes to motive. Look at verse number six. It says, give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast your pearls before the swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn unto you and render you. Many times we think, I've heard this preached in sermons where, where people would say, well, you know, if you have a revelation from God and it's holy, what the last thing you should do, that's a pearl from God. And the last thing that you should do is take that revelation and give it to people that are unholy. Well, if that's the case, then how many times would a pastor be guilty of standing up in his pulpit on Sunday and preaching something very powerful? And there be maybe six, seven, ten percent, twenty percent of the people that don't want to hear what the pastor has to say. He'd be guilty of that every single Sunday. This is not what it's talking about. This scripture is in a context of judging. Let me tell you what the scripture is talking about. What is holy is your brother or your sister. 
What is holy? The church of the living God is the pearl of great price when you study Jesus' parables. I taught that a couple weeks ago. It's the church. Jesus finds the church and he gives all that he has to buy the church. So you don't take your brother or your sister and throw them to the Gentiles and allow the Gentiles to judge them and throw them to the Gentiles and allow people that are unholy to get their hands on your brother or your sister. And watch this. When you are operating from a wrong motive, when a guy who has a moat in their eye, excuse me, when a guy that has a big, large beam in their eye, whose discernment has been skewed, who doesn't have the right discernment, has the wrong motive in his heart, and he locates his brother, and he tries to help him, if he continues in that intent against his brother, he's not going to help that person. He's going to find that person because he has the wrong motive, and it's possible he'll take him and put that person in the wrong hands and throw them over to somebody that's not a believer, that's not a Christian, and that person will in turn destroy their brother. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying if you have the wrong motive in your heart, what you're going to end up doing is taking your brother and betraying him and throwing him to people that are going to tear him apart. And based upon the principle that Jesus gives in verse number two, with what judgment you judge, it shall be judged. If you throw your brother to swine, at some point, another person is going to come along and do the same thing to you. And then you'll be thrown out to swine and both of you will be all the worse and still have the moat stuck in your eye. And nobody's helped because in order to help your brother... Or to order to help yourself, you have to begin to deal with the problem inside of you first. If somebody has the right motive and the right intention of heart, the very first thing that they're going to do is they're going to judge their own heart. So what's the answer to do this? So if you go, I, I know so many people, they say, Oh, I don't want you talking to that person. I don't want you talking to this person. That person's got this wrong with them. That person's got that wrong with them. This person's got this wrong. You shouldn't do that. And they're doing it to try and maybe protect you. Well, you ask, you say, what about you? What's in your heart? Because the only person that you should have jurisdiction over, the only person that you should be concerned about is your own heart. Now watch what Jesus says. So what do you do? Verse number 7, ask and it shall be given you, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asks receives, and he that seeks finds, and to him that knocks the door shall be opened. <clears throat> Verse number 9, what man is there whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father which is heaven give good things to him that ask him? So this is the issue. If you have the right motive and the right intent of heart, and you begin to place that on the right thing, you're going to begin to put judgment in your heart. And instead of judging your brother, you're going to start judging your own heart first. And what happens to the man that judges his own heart? Well, before he notices the mote in his brother's eye, he's going to first notice the beam that's in his own eye. And if you judge that there's a beam in your heart, if you're really lined up with the Holy Ghost and you are judging your own heart, you might get to a place in prayer where God begins to show you that there's things inside of you that need to be removed. And before you start noticing all this stuff 
with the wrong motive inside your brother, you start noticing within you there are issues, there are problems, there are insufficiencies, there are shortcomings. And when you notice these things, you say, God, what do I do? And God says, ask for the Holy Spirit. Seek God. Knock on the door. And what's God, your father, going to do? He's going to see you as his child, somebody that's come to him and saying, Dad, Father, I am insufficient. I've noticed that there's something inside of me and I'm your child and I shouldn't have any insufficiencies. And God says, well, I'd give you a fish. I'd give you bread. I'd give you something to eat. I'd give you an egg. Just ask me to help you with this problem. And you say, Father, help me with this insufficiency that I have in my heart. And what does God do? He says, oh, I'm going to help you remove that beam from your eye. I'm going to help you deal with that thing that you've located. I'm going to send to you the Holy Spirit, who's your helper. And he's going to come along and he's going to pull that thing right from you and remove it out of you. And then when he removes it out of you, guess what? You are not going to have bitterness in your heart. You're not going to have resentment. Because when you deal with your brother or your sister with the wrong intent, when you judge them wrongly, when you try to throw them to the wrong people, many times people do that because they themselves feel condemned for the thing inside of them that's condemning them. And in order to deal with it, they judge other people. And so what God says is when the Holy Ghost comes along and he removes the beam from your eye, it brings you back to verse number three. Why do you behold the mote that's in your brother's eye, but consider not the beam that's in your own? How will you say to your brother, let me pull the mote out of your eye and behold the beam is in your own? Jesus says, this is how you do it. If you really want to help your brother that has a stick in their eye, first locate the beam in your own and pull it out. Well, how do you do that? You ask for the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God comes alongside you, pulls it out of you, and then when He pulls it out of you, you get your discernment back. The blindfold goes off. And you can walk up to your brother, and you can say, God has delivered me. God has set me free from this thing that was causing me to deal with you with ill intent from the first place. Now, let's remove this twig out of your eye. And you know what? You, because the Holy Ghost has helped you to do it, because you've been through it before, because you know how the Spirit of God works, you can share what you've learned with your brother in Christ. And you'll have empathy towards them, you'll have patience with them, because the same operation that you're going to help them go through, well, you've been through it yourself. And look what verse number 12 says. Therefore, Whatever you would that men should do to you, do so unto them, for this is the law and the prophets. How would you want a man to deal with you? You'd want him to come along with empathy. You'd want them to help you remove the beam from your eye. You'd want them to be patient with you and want them to be kind with you. You wouldn't want them to take you and throw you to the roughest judges on the planet. You'd want them to say, hey, let's work on this thing together. Let me help you get this out of your eye. And guess what? If you do that for other people, other people are going to help you do it. And how do you get to that point? You ask for the Spirit of God's help. There's more to it, but we're going to go to the phones quickly tonight. We have Gary. God bless you, Gary. How are you tonight? Hi. Is this Chris? This is him. Okay. Uh, my name's Gary, and um, I... Um my head is shaking up and down and 
twist back and forth, and I, uh, I know I need deliverance. Um, I just surrendered my life back to Jesus Christ on uh, February 5th. I uh, quit drinking alcohol, and I, and I flushed the rest of my marijuana down the toilet like I said goodbye, Satan. Mm-hmm. And um, the, pro- the thing is, I've been involved with a woman for 20 years, okay? Okay. Now, she had like 10 cats when I met her. I was always an apartment dweller. I could not have 10 cats, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I live on like $234 a month, okay? I bought... I, I purchased this condo within some inheritance, so I own my own condo now. Now, she I, she's living with me. Okay, I do. Not, I want to be. I want to be right with the Lord. You know, I don't want to play games with the Lord anymore. Salvation is too precious of a gift to pass out. Amen. Now, I'm just not. I'm. I'm just not attracted to her. I. I I've always been a. I, I'd love to kiss a woman. She's not a kisser. I, um, she, we disagree on too many things, you know, and the board says, how can two walk together unless they agree? Yeah, are, are you living with her now? Yeah, she's staying with me, and I, I just, I don't believe, I, I she could, she could go live with her mother, you know? Okay, well, before we, before we, and this is, a something that I want to help you with. Before there are two issues that are going on here. Number one is your salvation, your deliverance, and number two is your living situation with the person that you're currently uh, living with, who is your girlfriend that you've been involved with, with 20 years. But I have a word for you, Gary. And the Lord told me that if you come to Him tonight in sincerity, which I believe you have, and you receive Him into your heart, He's going to change your life. And I just declared that tonight when I pray for you, there's going to be a power that's stronger than every power that you are dealing with. There's going to be an authority that's got more authority than the drugs and the alcohol and the lust and the addiction that you have in your life that's going to come over you. It's going to break you free. Every spirit in your life that is operating that's not the Holy Spirit and that's not God is going to break off of you when I pray for you. Every ounce of confusion, every ounce of wonderment that you have, every the Lord says you're bewildered about a lot of things, that's going to break the curse of poverty that you're living under. It's going to break off your life. And when that happens, when you receive your deliverance, you're not going to wonder anymore what you should do about this relationship. You're going to know. And not only are you going to know, Gary... You're going to have the power to execute. And so it's going to be a supernatural thing. So when you put in order tonight your salvation and your deliverance, everything is going to fall in order. And it's not even going to be the same Gary that makes these decisions. You're going to be a new man. So I won't even have to counsel you on this. It's just going to happen for you, okay? Okay. So I want you to say this with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Father. I need you. I need you. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need him to come into my life. I need him to come into my life. I want to be your child, Lord. I want to be your child, Lord. Lord, come into my heart, Jesus. Lord, come into my heart, Jesus. And save me from sin. And save me from sin. I repent for every addiction. I repent for every addiction. Every bondage. Every bondage. Everything I've done. Everything I've done. That's been displeasing to you. That's been displeasing to you. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. And I believe you died. And I believe you died. That you defeated Satan and his power. 
defeated Satan in his power. To pull me out of darkness. To pull me out of darkness. And you rose from the grave. And you rose from the grave. So that I could have the promise of eternal life. So that I could have the promise of eternal life. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Fill me now. Fill me now. Baptize me in power. Baptize me in power. Baptize me in your power. Baptize me in your power. I want to be free. I want to be free. And I receive it now. And I receive it now. Now I want you to say, Devil. Devil. I renounce. I renounce. Your hold in my life. Your hold in my life. Everything that I've done. Everything that I've done. I renounce it now. I renounce it now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, Gary, I want to pray for you, okay? And I'm going to declare this headache, and that, that the headache you have is an oppression. And I'm going to pray for it now, okay? And the alcoholism, is going to, you're going to be free from it. And you're not going to want to taste alcohol. You're going to be totally delivered. I want you to put your, your hand on your head because your hand is now a holy vessel. And it's going to be a conduit whereby God's power flows. And I want you to hold the phone to your ear. And I'm going to pray, and you're going to feel the power of God touch you, okay? Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for my brother Gary. Right now you say we're two or more come together in your name. In the name of Jesus, I commend every dark and foul spirit that had, used to have authority over Gary. You no longer have power over him. You no longer have authority over him. You no longer have any claim to Gary's life. And in the name of Jesus, I break the power of every addiction. I break the power of every habit. I break the power right now of everything that has held him bound. I command depression to go. I command every oppression to leave. I command in the name of Jesus every physical problem, every sickness, every chemical imbalance, all the depressing thoughts and suicidal thoughts. I command you to go in the name of Jesus and I command them to be free. Every heaviness I command you to go. Every spirit go now in the name of Jesus and leave this man and child of God alone in the authority of Jesus I command him to be whole in Jesus name and I thank you for it I plead the blood of Jesus over his life and I declare the blood of Christ covers him now and I thank you for it father and I declare that years of addiction goes years of problem goes and I thank you, Father, for his deliverance in the name of Jesus. I declare his home is sanctified. I declare his home is set apart. It's now your property. And I pray you prosper his hands. I pray you clear his mind. And I pray, Father, you put inside of him a fire and a hunger for more of your power and your spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, Gary, when I was praying, the Lord told me there are things you have in your home you just need to get rid of. You know what those things are. If there's anything that would pull you back in bondage, I want you to get rid of those things. Okay, Gary? That's what I mean. I don't. I don't. I can't think of what it might be. I got rid of the marijuana. I got. I haven't touched any marijuana or alcohol since February fifth. Well, if you have, if you have anything, I and mean, you just take an inventory, but anything that you have in your home that. Could, could, when you get uh, when you repent and you give your life to Jesus, it's just always important to find things that uh, you know contempt you again and get rid of those things. But you'll notice that there will be a new desire in you to do those things and to be obedient to God. Okay, Gary. 
Okay, Chris. And I want you to know tonight you're going to sleep peacefully, okay? Okay. And you be encouraged, and I want you to email me, info at chrispalmerministries.com. Now, you had a headache when you called. How's your head feel? It's still, my head's still twisting back and forth. You know, I've been invited to a church. So I'm going to church in the morning at 11 o'clock on the west side of Detroit. And, uh, uh, this, I, it's a deliverance ministry. And, um, well, listen, I'm having supernatural, I'm having services coming up as well. So if you want to come out and I can lay hands on you and pray for you there as well, okay? Okay, Chris. Thanks so, thanks a bunch. Okay, God bless you, Gary. Email me, info at chrispalmerministries.com, okay? Okay, will do. Okay, God bless you. You too. We're going to go to a break. When we get back, we'll finish this teaching. Stay tuned.
WMUZ Detroit in crystal clear digital HD and online at WMUZ.com. And we're back here on the Transforming Truth broadcast. We're talking about Matthew chapter 7 tonight. We have callers that have calling in. We will get to the phone lines in just a minute, so I want to encourage you to stay on the line. Let me finish this teaching up and we'll get to the calls. We're talking about Matthew chapter 7. And I want to remind you that we have our supernatural services coming up. Uh, April 18th, April 25th, May 2nd, May 9th at the Novi Hilton Garden Inn free event. Bring someone, bring one, bring all. Matthew chapter 7 and verse number uh, 13 says, Enter in at the straight gate. Why is the gate broad the way that leads to destruction? And many there be that go in thereat, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads unto life. And few there be that finds it. Well, this is talking about not life in and of itself, but it's talking about the way that leads unto life. And the way that leads unto life in this context is talking about judging your own heart and making sure that you walk the straight and narrow and making sure consistently that your heart is always in the right place. Many times people get into sin and they say, how did I end up in this ditch? How did I end up on the wrong road? How did I end up in the wrong place? And they never allowed the Holy Spirit to adjust their heart on a constant basis. They didn't do the proper maintenance that was required for their heart to stay steady in the things of God. And so the straight way and the narrow road is allowing the leadership and the directive of the Holy Spirit to continually maintenance your heart and take your heart from glory to glory and your understanding and your revelation from glory to glory in the things of God. So you say, how can I do that on a practical level? Very simple. You wake up in the morning, you say, Holy Spirit, God, you know, be a part of my life. Come into my heart. I want, I serve you, Holy Spirit. I worship you. I give you my life, God. Lord, I pray your Holy Spirit go with me. And you live a consistent walk with the Spirit of God in your life. And you allow Him to reveal to you more of the Jesus that is living and alive today. When you do that, if you have mental issues, if you're listening tonight, open up. Start your day. Don't let yourself get out of your bed until you read the Word of God. I made a decision in 2014 that I would not get out of my bed until I read at least the two chapters in the Bible. And so don't get out of bed. You'll be amazed how quick and how good your day will go and how how, uh, quickly you'll get things done. And then Jesus says, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. Now he's talking about false prophets. But how do you identify somebody? Why is he talking about false prophets? Well, look what he says. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. So what's Jesus talking about here? He's talking about false prophets that have the insides of evil. So that means they're good on the outside and they're evil on the inside. People that are not judging their own heart. Then he begins to talk about fruit. He saw every tree that brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. What is he talking about? The heart. Every tree that brings not forth good fruits cut down and cast into the fire. And by their fruits do you shall know. Then it says in verse number 21, Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Well, what's the will of the Father that's in heaven? In this context, it's talking about judging your own heart through the leadership of the Spirit of God. And when he does that, you don't think that if the Spirit of God comes alongside you and begins to help you with the process of judging your own heart, that it's not going to thrust you into the will of God for your life? 
Many times people think that the will of God is to go do some great apostolic work, go on some type of, you know, uh, bizarre missionary journey to some foreign place of the earth. And if God calls you to do that, go. But more than just that, that's not just the will of God. The will of God is simply keeping your heart lined up to hear the voice of the Father so the Father can speak to you and direct you as a child of God. It's just making sure that you're in consistent fellowship with God. Why did he send Jesus to the earth? So that he could beget you as as a child of God. You know, there are many cults out there today. There are many cults that they would they pose to believe in Christ. But one thing they deny is the adoption of Christ. And those cults throw out most of the New Testament. The reason that Jesus came was not to condemn to the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And salvation means soteria, which simply means... That you would be delivered from the power of the enemy. And the power of the enemy was that he held you from being a child of God. So the reason God came is that he could beget many sons and many daughters. And the will, the will of the Father is not that you would go out and do all these great works. The will of the Father simply is that you would remain as a child of God. That's what pleases him the most. God's pleased with you the moment you became born again. Just like Gary that called. Gave his heart to Jesus. He's pleased with Gary. Just for the fact that Gary is now a child of the living God. And he's pleased with you tonight, friend. If you're a child of God, don't you allow the devil to tell you that you've missed it somewhere. Or that until you go do some great work in ministry that God's not pleased with you. He's pleased with you right now where you're at just because you're his child. And he loves you. And he couldn't love you anymore. That's something that is not earned. That's something that came through grace. And then he says, I never knew you. Well, that simply means that your heart was never in the right place. But you may have done the work of the ministry, but I never knew you. I never had your heart. You know why? Because you never paid attention to your heart. That's what Jesus is condemning in Matthew chapter 7, is people that do not take go through the pains to look at their own heart and say, God, is my heart right before you today? God, is my heart lined up before you? At the end of the day, the most important thing to God is your heart, friend. You know how many people go throughout the day making money, going to their jobs, but they never take the time to look at their own heart, their motives. Why am I doing the things that I'm doing? Am I doing them to serve the Lord? Am I doing them for selfish ambition? You know, the other day, there was a, a person in particular I was going to call. And you know what the Lord said to me? Why are you calling that person? I said, or I wasn't going to call him, I was going to text him. And I said, well, you know, God said, you're calling that person because you want something. And, and you're going to call him for another reason. I said, you're right, Lord. And God says, don't do that. Don't do that. Because that is being dishonest with yourself. And when you see God working with you on that level, it's because, and you say, well, that's a small thing. Well, that's because I pay attention to my heart. I want to do the right things at the right time for the right reasons. And when the spirit of truth gets a hold of you, he's always going to bring to you your motive. Why are you doing the things that you're doing? And if you see that the spirit of God is consistently on you about your heart, you know that he has your heart. Some people, they say, well, God never talks to me about my heart. Does he have your heart tonight, friend? That's what he's concerned about. Then Jesus says this. He says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and whoever does them, why liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock, 
the rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew, the house, beat, you know, you know, the, it says, and it fell not. It was founded upon a rock. Everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does them not, which has built his house upon the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat upon the house. And of course, you know about the story about the man that built his house upon the sand. What's it say? It says his house came down. You say, well, what's the storm? Is it the trials of life? Maybe. Is it the difficulties of temptation? Could be. But if you put it in context, this storm is talking about in that day, in that judgment, in the day that you stand before God. You say, God, I want to stand before you face to face. And when you look at my life and you see what I've done, God's not going to look at your works. He's going to look at your heart. He's going to see why you did the things that you did and what you did with the things that you were given. He looks at your motives for doing things. God say, oh, you did many works. You cast out devils, but you did it for the wrong reason. You say you did it because people were watching. Or you did it because you knew that the ministry would put you into a level of fame and influence. And you used that as your avenue of influence. So in that day, God's going to look at your heart. Go to the phones. We have Leonard. Leonard, God bless you tonight. We have a couple minutes. How are you? All right, and you? I'm good. What can I pray for you tonight about Leonard? Yeah, okay. Back in 1986, I had suffered a severe nervous breakdown. Okay. I was put in a psychiatric hospital for 28 days. Mm-hmm. I've been on I've been on this medicine called Haldol and Colgen. Mm-hmm. It has like a lot of sexual side effects, you know, cause impotence and stuff. Okay. You know, the only good thing to keep you from fornicating. Well, I desire to be married, but uh, I want to be right, you know, by God and stuff. I would like God to deliver me off this medication. Okay. Because all all that medication do that that Haldol, that Thorbine. Okay. That, uh, can I ask you thing. what what Can I ask you a quick question? Uh, yeah. If the Lord delivered you off that medicine, would that mean that He needed to heal you first? Pardon? If the Lord delivered you from the medicine, would that mean that He would need to heal you first? Uh, let's see. I'm saying that if you got... If I believe you, so. I believe so. From what? Uh, hit me from paranoid schizophrenia. Okay. And how long have you been dealing with that for, Leonard? Since 1986, I had a soft nervous breakdown back in that, and I was 25 years old. What caused that? Be, quickly, quickly, with because we have a few minutes in 20 seconds. What caused that nervous breakdown? Uh, stress, a lot of stress. That's why I said, if I knew then what I know now, it just can't let nothing, can't nothing get to you. And uh, Leonard, know that back then. Leonard, I understand, Leonard, and God has compassion on you, and I have compassion on you, Leonard. And the Lord yeah. wants to see you delivered. And I want to ask yeah. you uh, one more quick question. Do you, do you know the Lord is your Savior? Do you know Jesus? Yes, I do. I started going to church when I came out of the hospital. Okay. I've been going to church since 1986. Okay, let me pray for you. I want to pray for you tonight, okay? Yes. Father, in the name of Jesus, I yes. lift up to you, Leonard. And Father, he's called tonight. He yes. wants to be delivered from this, so there's perfect agreement between me and Leonard. And I declare, Father, as his brother, that his sins are forgiven. I declare tonight, Father, that he stands before you as a child of God, free from every bondage and oppression, Father, every sin that's held them bound. Your word says, pray for those that are sick, and you'll heal their body, and their sins shall be forgiven, James chapter 5. And I declare, Father, that because of his faith, you've forgiven him his sins, his transgressions, his iniquities. And right now, I speak to every single chemical imbalance in his body. I command every chemical in 
his body to be free, to be healed, Father. I command everything in his mind to be whole. I speak to any lying spirit, any tormenting spirit to come out of his mind in the name of Jesus, to leave him alone right now in Jesus' name. I command anything that's got his mind oppressed or depressed to leave his mind in Jesus' name. And I pray, Father, that if there be anything that is influencing his mind, I command it to leave. I command any spirit to go. I command it to loose from his mind in the name of Jesus. I pray for freedom in his mind, freedom in his emotions, Father. I pray, Father, that it would be like a cloud that lifts and goes from him. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Father. And I thank you for it, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Leonard, God bless well, you. I want you to email me at info at chrispalmerministries.com, okay? Okay. Hey, you know what, though? What? There's a, a prophet and prophet says calling on me into a ministry. Did you sense that as you was praying for me? Uh, you know, it, you you had a witness to that. You know, let the Spirit of God witness things to you, okay? Okay, then. Okay, God bless you. Leonard, you, you take what I prayed and you go back in your prayer closet and you write down what God tells you, okay? Okay. And, hey, Leonard, I want you to know that the Lord loves you and He 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 loves you and He He is has mercy on you, okay, Leonard? Okay, then. Okay, God bless you. Okay, okay God bless you. We want to tell you tonight before we get off the air, we have two minutes that we have our supernatural services coming up. I'm going to give you the dates again April 18th. April 25th, May 2nd, and May 9th. They're Fridays. They'll be at the Novi Hilton Garden Inn at 7.30 p.m., and it's a free event. I want you to bring somebody. Mark it on your calendar. Try to be there at all four. We're building momentum. People are delivered. They're set free. The power of God really moving these people's lives. Also, if you want to partner with Chris Palmer Ministries, if you listen to the Transforming Truth broadcast, it's been a blessing to you. Apostle Paul talked about those that sow spiritual things in return, that it would be your benefit to sow carnal things. He's talking about finances, so we want to ask for your financial support. We're a partner, a listener-supported broadcast, so we're based, our airtime is based solely upon the generosity of our listeners. So we want to encourage you to partner with us at www.chrispalmerministries.com. Ask the Lord, search your heart. Say, Lord, do I want to sow a seed into Chris Palmer Ministries. People say, all oh, those ministers are just after money. No, we're not after money. But Paul says, not that I desire a gift, but I desire that fruit may abound into your account. So we want to ask that you uh, think about and pray about blessing us and partnering with us financially. Also, you can visit our website, www.chrispalmerministries.com. Write to us, P.O. Box 403, Wald Lake, Michigan, 48390. If you make out a check, you can make it payable to Chris Palmer Ministries. God bless you. Go to your church tomorrow on Sunday, fired up with the Spirit of God. We'll see you next week, 1215 a.m. God bless you. Now that you've received the transforming truth of the Word of God, go deeper. Go to our website, chrispalmerministries.com, or log on to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Ministries. Then partner with Chris financially at Chris Palmer Ministries, P.O. Box 403, Walled Lake, Michigan, 48390. And tune in again every Saturday night at 1215 a.m. for Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer on WMUZ 103.5 FM, The Light.